Hello and welcome to the third episode of One Footer in the Grave, the podcast for people who are bored and have no life. But <laughs> it's vaguely possible that my wonderful co-hosts Andy Clark, John Hicks and Paul Bowack, I'm Marcus Lillington by the way, might say something that makes you laugh or even dare I say it impart some wisdom. This month we're going to be talking about really important stuff like getting old, because we're all so old, taking naps, I think there might be a theme starting here. Uh, but before we get into that, we trod some pretty serious ground, unusually for us, on the last episode. So when we discussed Basecamp's decision to ban their employees from having any opinions, um, so I was wondering if, if anyone had, had seen any fallout from that or had any further thoughts. Uh, uh, there was no fallout because nobody actually listens to this, does they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you make an assumption there's an audience. It was a good well, litmus yeah. test. Is anyone listening? Nope. Yeah, no. <laughs> I had zero feedback, which means nobody's paying a blind bit of notice to anything you say. Mind you, I edited most of you out of the last episode, Paul, so you know, what do you expect? <laughs> oh, did you? I oh, don't no. blame you. No, I didn't. <laughs> I would have edited me out, if, if truth be told. I don't think any of us, you know, trod on any particularly dodgy ground. I mean, you know, I thought we were overall quite kind of mature and, um, and respectful of, uh, of different opinions. I thought that we were quite... What's the word that I'm trying to think of? Um, Woke. In, in, um, in, um, inclusive. That's the word I'm looking oh, for. I was thinking inhospitable, but no, that's the other thing, isn't it? <laughs> inhospitable. So, no, I thought we, were, I thought we, uh, we, we had a very balanced view, which um, I don't see anybody could have objected to that, but you just never know. The difficulty is, because it was two months ago now, um, a lot kind of came out just after that podcast. Yeah. So there was a big um, uh, post about, you know, describing the actual culture that was happening at Basecamp and actually going into all the all the problems, you know, which, you know, which just made you think, bloody hell. Um, and they, they also offered people money to leave and loads of people left. So... <laughs> <laughs> They said, um, yeah, they were offering very good severance packages, um, which was kind of uh, lauded as this kind of, you know, we're a nice employer, you know, we don't want to hold people back. But I can see it as they're kind of like, you know, wanting to sort out the, <laughs> or, the get, get rid the of the troublemakers, you mean. Um, <laughs> they like, get, get rid of the chaff. And uh, yeah, and it basically seemed they didn't, they didn't seem in any way remorseful about it or that they'd made a wrong decision. They'd stuck, with their, stuck to their guns, and, and that was it. But I think, fortunately, some people managed to get out. So, And I, do you know what? I think that's okay. It's entirely their decision to do that. One thing, mm. I don't know whether you saw, but... <laughs> I know what's coming. Or, is it the Apple thing? Yes. Right, so, yeah, so Apple, obviously, <laughs> along with everybody else, sent everybody home, and they've been working from home for the last, you know, 18 months, whatever, and they announced a month or so ago that um, they wanted people to return to the office on a hybrid working model, which was essentially three weeks, uh, sorry, three days a week, um, and some... Apple employees took it upon themselves to write this letter to um, Apple executives. And 
you know, the, the, the rub of it really, the, the point of it was um, we actually like working from home. You need to change the entire way that, um, that Apple operates both internally and with hiring and, and all this kind of stuff. And this, this letter just reeked of whining and sort of entitlement. Self- you know self kind of i don't know what it was it was just like this dreadful stuff and it contained all of the buzzwords you know all of the things beginning with d and i and you know all of those all of those things and i just thought, i just read this letter again like this morning and i just thought do you know what businesses are not democracies if you don't like the way that apple or any other company decides to run their business you know go and get another job go work somewhere else um so it just kind of brought it all back and uh you know you can see i'm trying to be provocative this time can't you yeah it's also some kind of reaction yeah. from our listeners it's, to be honest it sounds it, it, it does quite amuse me when i saw that you tweeted this i thought Okay, so a guy who's worked at home for the vast majority of his career is work, is complaining about people wanting to work from home. I thought that was a little rich, just a little bit. No, it's it, it's it's a lot rich. That leads me on. That leads me on to what our first topic I think should be this month, which is, and I tell you what, you know. I did work in a company. I do, you know, I work three weeks a month for a company now, albeit, you know, from this studio full of apes and gorillas. But I did work for a company for, you know, almost a couple of years down in Australia. And I'll tell you my biggest problem, you know, out of all of the problems that that people that work in companies must face, um, was that I just found it really difficult not being able to take a nap in the afternoon. Amen. Yeah, that was my <laughs> biggest thing. And I'd never kind of experienced that before. You know, the the idea of turning up to work at kind of nine o'clock in the morning and being expected to um, stay awake, know, stay completely focused <laughs> and stay awake until 530 in the afternoon was just completely alien. Yeah. Um, and I find it incredibly tough. So what I used to do, my former colleagues at Ansarada, this is where all the secrets come out, mm-hmm. is that opposite the office, we used to rent um, a terraced house that was above a bar- that was a flat above a barber shop, and it was like the overflow office in case anybody wanted to go and, uh, and be really quiet. So what I used to do kind of middle of the afternoon um, was to, uh, to pop over the road to this office and go and have a little kip. Yeah. And nobody really noticed. Um, but it was the only way that I could um, that I could kind of you know keep focused because I just cannot keep focused for mm. the entire day. I just find it impossible. No one can. And, and, mm. and this is the this is the fundamental problem, and why I've got a little bit of sympathy with all of these people that are now being forced to go back into the workplace after you know uh, having a year and a bit of of uh, homeworking is that. In truth, the whole fundamental basis of the way we organize work is bollocks, right? You know, it's all left over from the Industrial Revolution where, you know, somebody came up with this formula of eight, eight and eight, eight hours sleep, eight hours work and eight hours, you know, for life. And it just doesn't work because you don't you don't work consistently at a certain level the entire time. And, you know, the idea of working for eight hours straight makes no sense. 
and and for the kind of work that we do as knowledge workers, whatever the hell that is, in other words, we don't build shit. Um, yeah, we've got no real value. Yeah, you know, it 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 makes sense to 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 work around your natural rhythm and your natural Cycles, way of working man. and and you don't need anyone sitting over your shoulder because i mean the idea of management was that you had you know low skilled low educated low motivated low paid individuals that needed a manager to shout at them we're highly paid highly skilled and you know hopefully well motivated so you don't need that kind of oversight so i think the whole system's broken and that the, the COVID has just shown that and that it needs to be seriously, you know, looked at and companies need to get creative about this stuff. I'm not saying that you shouldn't go into the office. I think the office is great. I think there's a lot going for it, but it's not enough by itself to just carry on like we always have. Paul Bowag makes lots of sweeping statements. This is why you're on the show. And all of those, every single one Mm. of those statements is 100% accurate. And none of them are, Paul. Some people don't like to nap this is true yes uh and i used to but i don't anymore but they'll come on to that one in a minute i think i agree that having an eight hour block where you go to work isn't very uh productive because people can't solidly work for eight hours nobody can do that but it's kind of like well how can you organize working two hours here four hours there or i'm really feeling brilliant today i'm going to do 10 hours and then do nothing tomorrow it's it's really hard to organise that in a big company situation. I think I just I, my a, brain just goes and I don't even yeah, think yeah. about it. And and I think you've got you've got, obviously got a point there. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't be consistent available hours, mm. but that doesn't need mean that you have to work solidly all of those hours. Do you know that the average company and the, you know this is where I make up a stat that I've read online <laughs> once. Um, but I was looking at some research because I was I was beginning to think. I'm a lazy bastard, right? Uh, and I was feeling quite guilty that I don't, I don't do more than about four or five hours work a day, if, I, no if I'm honest. Right. But in truth, the average person does about three and a half hours worth of actual work in an in a eight-hour work day. No. What do you mean, no? <laughs> I mean, no. All, these, all, you, all you people talk about, we can only do three or five. I do loads of work in a day. I, really? <laughs> you just power straight through a whole day, do you? I, I, I know that power through is maybe a little bit stronger term to use, but I certainly have my output is more than three or four hours. Can I, but, but, but do carry on. I need to ask a quest, question here of John. Can, can you put yourself in the, in the shoes of a job you don't really like? Let's say John Hicks is now a project manager for the rest of his life. Um, mm. Would you be as keen as doing eight hours solid, or do you think you might find reasons to... Uh, well, have a chat with your mates. It's, uh, it's interesting you say that because I was just thinking about how, but you know, next year I've been going freelance for 20 years. Oh. So before that, I was in a proper job and uh, I was working in publishing. And what we used to do is if you just needed a break, 
Uh, it wasn't a nap, but he just gathered loads of files and things together and just walked the corridors really, you know, quite stridently. Because um, basically, people then wouldn't leave you. They wouldn't sort of like go, oh, can I just... Oh, no, you're obviously on your way to something important. So we're just going to leave you. So that was it. So we just do like, you know, circuits of the big office, you know, just doing this yeah. kind of you know, strident walk. And then you could, you know, get a few hours off. I mean, it's not like lying down hours off but it was you know time without being bothered yeah and i think i don't think anybody's saying that everybody should get a nap and not everybody needs a nap i think men of a certain privilege and a certain age like to nap and i include myself in that but i I do think that you know expecting expecting us to work like machines for eight hours just doesn't happen i mean Mm -hmm. even with you you say you work eight hours i don't believe you you know or or you work a full day i just don't believe you i expect you wander and look out the window a lot or you go and make a cup of tea or you know you take the dog for the walk in the middle of the day or there's always (laughs) some distraction to to free us from the mental burden Mm. oh that sounds so pretentious doesn't it (laughs) the, the mental exercise that we're having to constantly engage in I find myself doing research a lot, research. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Is that in your private mode of your browser? (laughs) Don't you start. He was making insinuations earlier, Mr. Clark. (laughs) Thing is, I would say that I, my problem is I don't get distracted enough. So, you know, Ah. at the end of the day, I would have a lot of headaches because I haven't taken time to stop looking at my screen, look out the window, focus on something far away. Um, it, I think it maybe it also tends to be the nature of the the work I'm doing at the moment in that it has very sort of busy, frantic periods. Um, and I wouldn't say I work eight hours a day, but I would definitely say in terms of output, it's more it's more than three or four hours. Mm. But uh, and just going quickly back to naps because I've always napped. So when I first had my first job working as a junior designer in Coventry, um, I would come home. And I would have an hour nap and then I'd have energy for the evening to do whatever crazy things I did when I was in my early 20s. Um, now, then you then get into a period where um, we've got kids. Uh, so there's no napping, you know, unless they're napping. You <laughs> might try and grab a little little bit of closing eyes or something at that time. Um, but now that they're, my kids are older, getting older now, it's, there's that opportunity a little bit more. Um, and actually, this is what I do. This is our meeting room at the office. Um, we can book it, and we often have, you know, all of us kind of book it for a little nap for an hour. You know, <laughs> put your lovely. headphones on. Yeah. Um, you know, if you've had a really bad night's sleep and you can't concentrate, you're not doing anything, you're not being productive, so you may as well just relax, have the hour power nap, back to life again. It's brilliant. Um mm. And yeah, no, no guilt, no, no problems. It's just, you know, we've even got a sofa bed here. <laughs> so, do you all, do you all cuddle up? Like, you know, like in Gone with the Wind, well, that's, do you that's all have dream. a little, a little snuggle? Pile of dogs. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's, that's what, the, that's the dream. But so far, no one's taken me up on the offer. So what time do you all go to bed? I take a nap at about 4.30 ish four, four to four thirty ish in the afternoon mm. and then what i'll do is i'll probably you know just check on the things that i've missed all those people that you know shouted at me while i was having the nap <laughs> um 
reply to a few things here and there, and then I'll go and have tea, usually have tea about six o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then what quite often, you know, unless there's something really kind of, you know, pressing that I need to do or on the something on the TV or, you know, we've got to do the garden or whatever it is, um, quite often I'll drift back up here and, you know, sometimes I'll just be fiddling with stuff that I want to fiddle with. Um, not with my proud private browsing <laughs> mode. Um, and or I'll do some actual work. You know, I'll I'll do some work if I don't feel I've been particularly productive, or actually I've got an idea that I want to get out. And you know, usually I go to bed at between anywhere between one and two a.m. That tends to be my routine. Oh, interesting. That's why you need a nap. Because mm. didn't you used to be quite an early nighter? Yeah, I go through phases um, because Sue goes to bed really early. You know, she she famously says that her brain doesn't operate after sort of seven o'clock, which I think is to do with watching Pointless. But <laughs> apart from that, um, you know, so, um, so yeah, so we had sort of, you know, periods where we'd, we'd sort of go to bed and watch a TV show and whatever. But I found myself waking up incredibly early. Um, you know, if I went to bed mm. at 10, I'd be awake by 5.30. And some people would say, well, just get up then, you know, be a morning person. Mm. But I, I, I just doesn't work for me. Yeah. What time do you get up now then? Um, I'll usually roll into the office between nine and half past unless I've got mm. a call with, with somebody. Mm. But, you know, I know that we say we joke about not doing that many hours of actual work during the day. But I know that I know the times of day when I'm productive and I know the times of day when I'm not. And, mm-hmm. you know, first thing in the morning is not a time to be solving any, you know, UX or yeah. or creative problems. Um, so my mornings tend to be very much, OK, what am I going to do? And, you know, fiddling with email. And then I don't really get into kind of productive design work until, you know, until after lunch. Mm. Uh, but I've just sort of shifted my productive stuff to later on in the, you know, the afternoon or evening because, you know, it's quiet and it just seems to be where my, you know, where my brain works best. Mm. And you see, that brings me back to the, because I'm not dissimilar to what you've just described, a little bit different, but. Uh, but it brings me back to what, why don't companies accommodate that more? Uh, I understand what Marcus is saying, and he is right. But, you know, as long as you were actually available for email, you know, and, and you know, if somebody had something urgent that they could reach you, then, yeah, why not work in the evenings as well, you know, or whatever? You, you know, I, I think we need, we're all different, and we should be able to accommodate that better. Mm. Well, because the problem is if you work for a client in another time zone, then often you do end up working. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, you know trying, to, you're trying to accommodate, like, for example, uh, West Coast of America or um, a recent client was Australia. Um, yeah. You know, you've, you've, you've got quite a sort of a small window in which you can sort of be around together. So it's, um, you know, it's that flexibility, I think. I'm trying a new thing related to working hours and stuff it's only an experiment at the moment i don't know how i feel about it but i'm having weekend wednesdays so what i'm doing um is i take wednesdays off but i work sundays at least in theory, mm. you know. I was going to say, <laughs> actually, this is just a four-day week, isn't it, Paul? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> because, because 
Right. There's a couple of reasons for it. Number one is that um, yeah, uh, it, mm. it's nice to be able to have breaks more regularly. If if you're mm. honest, you know, going for on a Monday through to a Friday without having a break, you know, it's doable. We all managed to do it perfectly well. But it it would be nice if you only had to work two or three days in a row before you got a break. So that's one part of it. The other part of it is, to be honest, you take a Wednesday off, there's nobody anywhere. It's great. You can go out and enjoy the world without crowds of people, which is great. Mm. And on top of which, having that Sunday when no one emails you and no one hassles you for a whole day, you get an amazing amount done on the the Sunday. And actually, although I say... You know, I only work probably half the Sunday, but I achieve more in that half a day than I do in a day and a half in the week, you know? <laughs> I try to avoid working on the weekend, but sometimes you have to try and catch up. Yeah. And it's absolutely true. Also, because I kind of tend to, it's not a great habit, but I tend to continually check email, continually check mm. this, continually check that. Uh, uh, it's really just, it's an avoidance thing. It's like, you know, I don't want to write this boring document. I'll, oh, has anyone e- emailed me? Um, but obviously on the weekend, it's, there's none of that. And it, it does mean that you get an awful lot more done. I do like that idea, though. I've tried several things in the past along those lines, like, you know, taking half a Friday off and then working, you know, Sunday afternoon or something like that. Um, but I do think it's I do think it's a a good thing to do, especially you know when you want to go out somewhere now. You know, you go out on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. There's not you know crowds of people in a mm-hmm. Carnarvon garden centre um, mm-hmm. on a you know on a wet Wednesday afternoon. So mm-hmm. you know, come there Saturday are... you're fighting or Sunday you're fighting all kinds of biddies. But you know now. <laughs> I would like to see I just see knock that. them out of the way. I just knock yeah. them out of the way. I, I'm quite aggressive with my trolley in a garden centre. I well, don't care what can be quite aggressive got. too. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing what you can buy in a garden centre now. I mean, you know, it, I know that you'd expect to buy plants and compost, but, you know, I've, yeah. I've, some of the stuff, some of the stuff, some of the fragrance of candles that you can buy in a garden centre, <laughs> I didn't even know. You can buy, you can buy plastic tat. Fiberglass tat, uh, resin tat, uh, uh, raffia or basket woven. Oh yes, tat. I've seen that. Yes, stone tat, um, loads oh, of yeah. stone tat. Oh, you like mm. concrete pretending to be stone tat? Oh, even yes. better. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Now I've got an interesting thing that Alex told me the other day, which is completely off topic. So I apologise now for stepping outside of our diligently uh, compiled <laughs> notes. Because obviously, I live in Wales, and a lot of North Wales is the, the hillsides are covered in slag. They're covered in <laughs> slate slag. So if you go to somewhere like you know Blyneferstiniog, it's like stepping back in time to the Low you know the eighteen seventies, right? You imagine people coming out of their houses all you know in monochrome. You know, it's it's mm. it's it's a crazy thing. Anyway, I didn't realise this. Alex told me this that. Ninety percent of the slate that they dug out of the ground from the mines was wastage, which is why it's piled up on all the hillsides. They mm. only use ten percent. Now, what they're doing is they're clearing all the slate. Well, they're clearing; it's starting to clear slate from the hillsides. All those little bits and pieces that are all kind mm. of, you know, all over Blyneferstiniog, shipping it off to China because that's where you know everything goes these days. And then what they do is they grind it up and they make reconstituted slate things that you can then buy in garden centres. So if you want a planter, 
you know, a slate planter in a garden centre. It's likely to be made of reconstituted slate. As I said <laughs> at the start of this show, you're going to learn something here. Exactly. <laughs> so now there's, there's zero wastage, which means, if you're doing your calculations correct, that 100% of the slate is now going into the product, which I find quite interesting. But Very environmentally what, friendly. But what, they, what they're trying to figure out is... Is it right to strip the hillsides back to being, you know, natural and covered in plants, whereas at the moment they're covered in slag? Because the slag is part of our history and industrial heritage and whatever. So, you know, should we leave the slag or should we use the slag? I, it's, it's an interesting question. It's, uh, yeah, but this preserving things for the sake of it. I mean, I often, I walk down South Bank whenever I'm in London and look at those concrete monstrosities and think, should we really be preserving these? Is this, is this yeah. what we do now? We preserve concrete blocks. Surely we should preserve stuff that's nice. Well, concrete blocks can be nice. Oh, you, I, I'm not even going to respond to that. Because <laughs> you're just trying to trigger me. Yeah, no, yeah. Just, absolutely, John. That's exactly I'm what I'm Paul, doing. I'm just going to sit here and trigger people and then sit back and enjoy myself. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that pretty much sums it up, John. Signs of ageing, what have you noticed? And what's the worst thing? <laughs> and please don't get too, you know, not too medical. Oh, why I not? Could, I could, I could go very, I could go so TMI right now. I really could. <laughs> TMI on your ass. Um, no, it was just little simple things that I kept coming across. So, for example, um, my barber uh, one day trimmed my nose hair. So he didn't, didn't. Didn't ask, didn't say, you know, Head would back. you like me Mr. to trim you? <laughs> yeah, and all of a sudden he was up, he was up there going, um, and the, to the next visit, I thought, right, I'm, I'm, I've got your, your, your number, and I did it all myself, it was really, really short, and you know what they did? They trimmed my eyebrows. <laughs> so... I don't know if you see my eyebrows are kind of almost non-existent. They're kind of, they're just little oh, yeah. bits of nothing, you know. But he still found something to trim. And I thought, you bastard. It's going to be ear, it's going to be ear hair next. I reckon it? mine would join mm. my hair if they weren't cut every time I had my hair cut. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. You, you, that oh, could be a wow. protective barrier. Yeah, yeah. That could that, be quite that's useful. That's what it's for, isn't it? That's why old men get long eyebrows and ear hair, isn't it? It's mm. to keep the diseases <laughs> away. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, the fact we're, we're all sat here with glasses on that's the worst thing yeah I, well, maybe very focals but yes absolutely uh, yes yes i've got very focals on yeah I, now i want to ask about very focals because i've avoided them um and so i'm short-sighted normally but now now mm. every time i look at my phone i have to take these off yeah. they go up on the yep. top of my head to look at my phone and I'm wondering exactly. whether I get very focals, but I uh, yes, you just, should. I should, should I? They're good, are they? Yes. Well, okay. I'm the other way Definitely. round. So you, all of you guys wore uh, worn glasses all your life, kind of thing. You didn't have the 45 and fall off the cliff, and suddenly I'm blind. No, pretty much. I, my no. eyes were perfect. Apps, nothing wrong with them. And then yes, just blindness instantly. Almost. <laughs> I'm exaggerating to make the point, but it was like oh, I can't read this anymore. This thing, um, and then. Uh, so- but, uh, sorry, Marcus. We don't exaggerate on this show. Please be <laughs> as accurate as possible. <laughs> good point. Good point. Well made. But anyway, I now need. 
Uh, I now need the the bottoms of these glasses are for up close, right? You know, yeah, foot away. Uh, the 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 top part is for the screen, which they didn't yeah. get right. They didn't believe me that I sit more than a meter away from my screen. Oh no, everyone sits about eighty centimeters, sir. So anyway, I'm like this yeah. most of the time, <laughs> trying to see. It. And I now also need it for about sort of the telly distance. So I need mm-hmm. three different levels of glasses. So I'm thinking about get, getting um, contact lenses for the the furthest away one. Mm. But then all my glasses mm. would be wrong. Anyway, this is yeah. yeah it, it, I hate mm. it. Yeah. Anyone it's else wear contacts? I've I've worn contacts. To. Yeah. Used to, but they're such a faff. Yeah. Um, mm. Has anybody thought about having their eyes lasered? No. Well, yes, I have, but no, it just never happens. What, <laughs> I've, what I've, he said. I've heard. <laughs> I've heard someone describe the process of what they actually do to the eye, and I do not want that. Yep. I'm, I'm more than happy just to take these things on and off, done, sight sorted. That the whole laser treatment, although. I have thought about it in terms of because they can correct color blindness as well. Ooh. So I thought, well, maybe get the double package. Mm. So that's the that's the one thing that makes me think mm, maybe I should. But then I wonder if basically if I suddenly have proper you know color vision, you know proper color vision, you know at what am I now forty eight? Whether I'm just going to be freaked out by the, the actual color that things are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god! It'll be like. like some sort of trip for the rest of my life. I don't know. It feels well, sticking it feels with wrong. this kind of, you know, st- sticking with having things fixed or altered or whatever. Has anybody oh, considered having any form of cosmetic surgery or Botox I, I have. or anything like that? I have then. I guess you could argue because I have my teeth fixed. I used to have a big gap, didn't I, in the middle of oh, my yeah. Oh, yes, you did. Yes, we don't look at you that often, Paul. Let's... Well, no, you wouldn't want to. But, yeah, but vanity got the best of me over that. Um, and we did it, yeah. I, it, it, was that painful? I don't regret or was it? it. No, it was I- I- irritating and inconvenient because, you know, you had to wear a brace for a year um, mm. or a year and a bit. But I'm glad I did it because I was very self-conscious about my mouth. I was, you know, when I wouldn't smile very freely, mm, um, yeah. and I would, I would often cover my mouth. Um, and so, because <laughs> it, it you're so I'm coy and embarrassed. Oh, oh, my name's Paul. Oh, Mr. Darcy. <laughs> yeah. Um, would you do Botox? <laughs> of what? <laughs> Well, to, to eliminate fine lines and wrinkles, I think, no. is the reason why they, people have cool. it done. I, 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 don't, I, I don't, you know, to be honest, I wouldn't do anything else. I, but uh, do you know what? We're, we're, we're getting into that area again where we're kind of old white men discussing, would we get cosmetic surgery? No, I don't think we need cosmetic <laughs> surgery. And, you know, it's like we have none of the pressures on us no. to... Which is, which is, you know, which is especially someone as gorgeous us, as you, John. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you. But I do think, I do think, some men actually get better as they go older. Mm. I don't know, I George Clute, George Clute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're far more polished than you used to be. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think people like like George Clooney, they you know, they just look, they sort of grow into themselves a little mm. bit. It's it's kind of weird. Mm. But then Vin obviously, Diesel we don't. Is another one. Oh yeah, 
What, so, what did you say? Have a thing for Vin Diesel. Uh, right. However, no, Paul has a thing for Vin Diesel. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. he's my inspiration. <laughs> but no, I, rewind, rewind, rewind. Andy, you asked the question. Is it something that you are considering? Um, no, Clearly. I mean, I have thought about it at various points. Obviously, to pick up on John's point, I would be in a very fortunate position if I was to spend my disposable income on improving or, you know, improving my my appearance or freezing my face or something um no the i mean i used to dye my hair when i started to go gray i i used to dye my hair but you know not for a long long time in fact if you you know now you can see this this luxuriant white beard which is a little bit salt and pepper so one thing that i did do a couple of years ago um, was I actually tried to bleach my white beard to go whiter because I wanted it to be white and not salt and pepper, and it was a total disaster. Uh, um, did it go I think yellow? I put some pictures up in the chat. <laughs> um, it did go yellow, and no amount of the other stuff that you put on it changed it, so I ended up shaving off well, my beard. I, the one um, that, obviously, I, he says, this is going to be shocking to you all, but if there was anything I was going to get done, it would be probably hair plugs mm, or whatever, I can't believe it Paul. why would you say that I know, I know I know I know it's shocking but you know I am if I let my hair grow it, it's a train wreck it, it just is it's awful because I've got a big bold patch at the back and I've receded all the way you know right up now so yeah I do I do miss my hair <laughs> There, there are a- some very convincing syrups that you can buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but let's be I mean, can you imagine the level of abuse that I would get if I suddenly started wearing, you know, something like that? That would just be hilariously funny. <laughs> I, I'm tempted to I do think- it now just because of the comedy value. It would be like, um, it would be a bit like Andy dyeing his hair black and his beard and his eyebrows. Uh, yeah. be, it would be even funnier than that. But yes, mm. you would that be. would be good to see. <laughs> and then the only thing that, the only other thing that I've found, I think that is kind of, you know, going back to the topic, signs of ageing is, I do think that I'm starting to get, um, I'm starting to get arthritic ankles, which I'm a little bit worried about. So mm. I do find walking around to be quite painful. Um, which is, you know, not a not a good thing. But apart from that, I'm fit as a fiddle. I'm just going to move on to another sign of aging, which to see see what your reaction is. So, uh, bladder. Oh, now um, <laughs> it's. I, 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 when I went to see uh, Avengers Endgame at the cinema, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it took a lot of planning. So it's <laughs> just over, just over three hours. Um, so, we, so let's let's say, for example, going to a showing at about half seven. That means I need to stop drinking anything after about half three. Right, yeah. and then by doing that, I can then get to the end of Endgame without needing to go for a wee in the middle. Mm. Now, is, is this something that you've experienced, or is you know? Am I alone in my bladder problems? Oh, oh we should so just c- claim. Oh, no, I've never had a problem. No, I'm and fine. Just, yeah, yeah, I don't have any problems. Nah, the, yeah. way, the way you laughed, it was obvious. It was <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm not that bad. No, I, no I'm not that bad. Well, you could get through a three-hour movie without having yeah. needing your wee. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. You, you could have a drink in the foyer. Yeah. 
Yeah. See a three-hour uh, movie. Ah, uh, but now, really? no, 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 no. It depends. A drink. See, if uh-huh. I had, a, let's say, let's say, we're going to go and ha- go to the pub beforehand. I could have one pint of beer and I'd be all right. Mm-hmm. If I had two, mm. not a chance, and I'd go once, and then I'd have to go every fifteen minutes. <laughs> once you start, you can't stop. It's like Pringles, but with bladder. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk that. about hemorrhoids. How are we doing on that? <laughs> oh, that was the subject I was... <laughs> no problems at all. No, don't have any problems No problem. I can sit on a cold step for a weekend and not have to worry. That's impressive. Well done, gentlemen. I'm, I'm very pleased for you both. Thanks. Oh, we, thanks for sharing. Shall we move on to something else? Yes, please. We're probably at the point when we pro- might want to start wrapping up. Um, I think so. Yeah. Oh, we can't wrap push... up on hemorrhoids. Can okay. we really? Is that what we're going to wrap up on? Well, do you know what? An interesting, interesting fact that came up on QI about hemorrhoids of the week. Did you know that everyone has hemorrhoids? Yes, no. I did it, know it, that. It's not a thing that you like. You get hemorrhoids, and it's a problem. Everyone has hemorrhoids, mm. which apparently that's how it stops things coming out. Falling out, coming out. So, yeah. gravity. <laughs> which, um, I, my, my terrible first day at opera, um, they weren't working very well that day. Um, but that's, that's on another podcast, that's another story. Um, oh, you can't leave that there. <laughs> It's disgusting. I can't get. No, it really is disgusting. I, I'm pretty Let's, sure. I'm pretty sure I could up it. you on that story. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, I probably could too. Yeah, I've had I've had two two instances. One where I was speaking in Egypt, and the food didn't agree with me on the day I was speaking, and that all became a little panicky. But my all time favourite was. I, I will be upfront and say, yes, I do indeed suffer occasionally from hemorrhoids. And so I own hemorrhoid cream, right? <laughs> and there was one particular time when I was in a hotel and I, I'd had quite a rough night the night before, you know, um, in, in terms of drinking and enjoying myself. And I was a little hungover and I got up in the morning and I brushed my teeth and suddenly the whole of my mouth contracted. Like this, as I'd use the hemorrhoid cream as toothpaste. (laughs) (laughs) So before we wrap up, I am very interested to find out how, because we've had two months now since the last Mm. podcast, I'm very interested to find out how... You three chaps got on with um, with Andy's challenge from from last episode. Mm-hmm. So if you remember, and this is for the listeners, I challenged the chaps to apply to be on a daytime TV show. So that's what it was, Marcus. Your <laughs> challenge was to apply to be on Bargain Hunt. Did you do it? Um, uh, yeah, I did, and they said no, we don't want you. So uh, that was that, really. I've just remembered. Did they give a reason? I've just remembered what the challenge was when you said it, Andy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or that there even was a challenge. I've been mm. very, very busy. Mm, yes, busy. That's always my excuse. You're not taking this, these challenges seriously, Marcus. We'll, I will uh, when we'll I find. To, uh, I will when you give me one that I want to do. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I have one for you, so don't go away. Paul, your challenge was to be either on Naked Attraction or, I think it was Escape to the Country. Did you do it? I did Naked Attraction, and I really did do it. 
and I filled in all the forms and uh, and sent it off, and I got zero response. They did not in any way acknowledge the fact that I had applied. There was nothing back. A terrible user experience, and I'm disgusted at them. But I did do it. <laughs> okay. John, your challenge was to apply to be on Changing Rooms. Did you do it? Mm -hmm. Not Changing Rooms. Because as we said at the time, Changing Rooms requires not only me, but someone else to be involved. Ah, yes. And neighbours. So I chose my own daytime show. And I chose Homes Under the Hammer. Oh, good choice. So um, would you? I haven't heard back from them, but can I read you the the letter I sent them? Yeah, Yeah, go for it. Yeah, okay. So um, so bear with me, okay? Some of it might not make sense till halfway through. So, uh, John Hicks, uh, 6th of May, 2021 per calendar month. Homes under the Hammer Department, Line TV, Coach House, Alfred Muse, Fitzrovia. Bye-bye. Dear Sir, Madam, I hope this letter finds you well. I would very much like to apply to be on Homes Under the Hammer as one of your estate agent characters, as I believe I would be perfect for this, and my qualifications are as follows. I have my own suit, uh, dark blue, but I can buy an M&S bright blue one with brown shoes if that is more suitable. I have a rare condition where I can't say numbers without adding per calendar month at the end. (laughs) Normally, this presents a problem in everyday life, but on your show, it's a positive boon. And most importantly, I have been practicing walking into a room, looking around, always starting with the ceiling, and I think I've nailed it. I've got it down to a perfect in and out, in six per calendar month seconds. <laughs> I do hope you will consider my application and that I'll get a fair price. Yours, John Hicks. Oh, John. Oh, and the, and nothing. And they so, haven't come back to you. No, surprisingly. <laughs> Sarky twat. <laughs> but that's a shame because I, I've, I love Homes Under the Hammer. And we can put a link in the show notes about this. But there's this YouTube video that someone did of they took all the the footage of estate agents where they do that bit where they go into a room and they look around and then yeah. they go out again. But they put eerie music on it instead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it lends it's only been about forty seconds this YouTube video. You can everyone can fit it into their lives. But it's it's brilliant. It, it just um it, it, yeah, it puts another spin on these little sections with the estate agent so there we go that's brilliant love it Uh, love it well i think that that's a that is a superb result and i think that qualifies you you to be exempt from this month's challenge only marcus and paul have to do this month's challenge what about you and you Uh, you uh, haven't uh, even said about it yeah hang on you were gonna go on to love island love island it was Uh, yeah Yes, I did apply to Love Island. Mm-hmm. I yeah, filled right. out all of my um, my questionnaires. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, what I did realise was that um, I should have sent off a video of me doing my 
in one minute why I think I need to be on Love Island. And I need to get Alex to help me film that. <laughs> so they reminded me with the thing, please send a video, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which I will do. So I will report back yeah. next month. He's about as believable as my lie. I mean, my... Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is going to be an easier one for you this, this month, right? I would like you and John can do this if he likes although he is exempt I would like you to get an autographed photograph of a celebrity you have to write a fan letter to a celebrity and ask them for an autographed photograph now who how are we defining celebrity well I don't know somebody that we might have heard of you know somebody okay. on the telly it's got to be somebody you've heard of. All right, then. Paul, write to me. I'll send you one. Well, that's what <laughs> I was thinking. Well, years ago, many, 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 many years ago, I'm thinking like 1985 or six or something like that, when I was a bored and penniless student in Nottingham, um, me and the girl that I shared a flat with at the time, we actually did this. We wrote off to lots of, you know, soap stars and actors and other people to get signed photographs. And the letters were always like, you know, oh, man, I'm such a fan of your work. And, you know, I just love everything. I, you know, I really enjoyed you in so and so. And I did get a bunch back. Surprisingly, I got Bob right. Hoskins. I mm. got um, Timothy Dalton. I got um, Kenneth Williams, who, of course, is my all-time favourite comic. So I've got a bunch bunch of these things. In fact, Kenneth Williams actually sent me a a little paperback book as well with me. And I've still got these things knocking about somewhere. So, you know, it is doable. Um, But maybe we could report back uh, and let people know our fawning fan letters and whether or not we got a response. Okay. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, I think I th- I'm sure we I'm sure I can do this one. I like the idea. I don't know who to send it to yet. Perhaps Tristan Tristan just said the four of us should be on Jeremy Clarkson's new farming show. So perhaps I should do Jeremy Clarkson. Right? Mm. See, he might be he he feels appropriate for our show. You know, mm. overly opinionated, of a certain age, and you know, politically incorrect. So yeah, blustering on even though he does nothing, doesn't know how to do anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, has no no real value in life whatsoever. Perhaps John can do Bob Mortimer. Oh, I love, oh, Bob. I love Bob. He might send me a cat name for free. You never know. He usually charges eight pounds for his cat names, but oh, that's a good 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 shout. I might give that a go. Yeah, I like. I think we should wrap it up, chaps. Yes, yeah. I think we should. No, I, I like your challenge. This is good. I might train for once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well done. All right, well, we will be back uh, in roughly a month's time. Uh, uh, when we'll think of something else to talk about. God knows what that'll be by the time we get there. Um, we, might have a sen- we might have a slightly sensible show next time when we'll talk about running businesses. Maybe. I don't know. Could do that. Anyway, um, it's been an absolute pleasure, chaps. And we'll see you next month. God willing.